Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you um, once again for gathering us as your body and your church. We pray today, Lord, that we would experience more or begin to experience uh, what you call the transformation, the renewal of our minds as we come to know you and as we come to live for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as Allison mentioned, we're continuing our series. We're running the last lap around this long series as we get into Palm Sunday next weekend. The old, the new, and the you. And today we're talking about how the scriptures speak to the issue of our minds and our thoughts. And, and at the bottom line here, this is a message about discipleship. It's about following Jesus, not just with beliefs, but with our actions, with our lives, with all that we are. And so I ask you, why is your mind important? Why is your mind important? Many of you are aware that our thoughts affect our moods, right? The, the thoughts that go through our minds affect our moods. They affect our actions. They affect our hearts, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. And they affect our trajectory in life, or trajectory for a day. Now, I got up this morning, and I looked outside, and my thoughts went like this. And the trajectory for my day changed from one of springtime positivity to wintertime ill-placed and sad. And because of that, my heart is downcast, oh my Lord, right? Um, I could write a psalm or a lament right now. Because yesterday was 15,000 steps and multiple walks outside, and today is whatever that is. So um, I know you're right there with me. Confirmation students felt like betrayal was a good feeling that they had this morning. So, uh, so, so that's true, right? Like something can change our minds or our moods just like that. Often those things that are unexpected, often those interruptions or those negative or just Things that we don't want to happen, happen in our lives. Now, our minds can affect our hearts, but also our moods, our actions, and our hearts can also affect our thoughts, right? And so it's not necessarily a two-way street, it's more of like this cycle. That's why, why we talk about people having downward spirals. Um, these thoughts feed each other, our hearts and our minds and our minds and our hearts, and um, it's more of a circle, Right? So it's not as simple as a one-way reaction. It can go both ways. It can go circular. I believe that our minds, our ability to think and reason and learn and grow, are gifts from God. They are part of a beautiful way that God created each and every one of us, that God created humanity, a beautiful way that he created us to not just be good like the rest of creation, but to be very good and to serve as the pinnacle, as the height of creation. What we can do with our minds, no other living thing can do. There's something that humanity can do with our thoughts, with our minds, that no other creature can do. God has made us his image bearers, it says in 1 Corinthians 11. And that isn't just something that, that we think about in terms of a physical image, but as a spiritual image, as a mental, as our whole selves, we are somehow created as image bearers of God. And so if God gave us these minds, these brains, to think and to reason and to learn and to grow, then I must ask the question, how are we using them? How are we using our minds? How are we being intentional about how we use this incredible gift that God has given each and every one of us? How are we 
spending our time thinking? What are we thinking about? What thoughts are we filling our minds with? What thoughts are we entertaining and letting sort of dominate our minds? Are those thoughts honoring to what we know to be true about God and his love? Are they glorifying to God? Are these thoughts something that'll encourage us and reinforce the truth that we've been given through God's word? Are they true? If you're anything like me, I will admit there are a lot of things up here that aren't true. There are a lot of things that I think, things that I feel, things that I even tell myself that I know are not consistent with God's love for me and truth for me. And I think a lot of us have thoughts like that, right? And we'll talk a little bit more about that here as well. But at the end of the day, are our minds, are our thoughts helping us to know Jesus Christ and to make Christ known, or are they leading us astray or keeping us from abundant life? Either of those things can be true. And so that's our conversation today. What do the scriptures tell us about God's will and truth for our minds and our thoughts? So our Proverbs text that we heard earlier um, is a good place to start, I think, for this. The Proverbs uh, in the Bible, it's a wisdom book. It's a book that is full of sometimes one or two lines, sometimes entire sections that communicate the wisdom of God as it was revealed to King Solomon and others around King Solomon in that time. And so I think there's some good wisdom about our minds here in our Proverbs text. So I'm going to read that again for you. This is Proverbs uh, 4, 20 through 25. It says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your hearts, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talked far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. So there's some important pieces to this. The, the acts of the mind, the acts of the heart. This Proverbs ties those two things together, our minds and our hearts. Verse 20 says, turn your ear to my words. In other words, hear them. Don't just listen, but actually hear, understand, grapple with those, receive those. Verse 22, this wisdom in our minds and understanding it, it actually is going to affect our whole health. Where we go with our minds affects our whole health in every way affects our relationships with other people, and so forth. Verse 23 says that guarding our hearts is important. And that is a process that includes or often starts with what we think up here. Sometimes we need to mentally engage with something that we're wrestling with or some lie that we've received or something just that we don't understand. We have to mentally engage with it in order to guard our hearts because our thoughts can affect our hearts too. And then verse 26 says to give careful thought to the paths of your feet. There's a word for this. It's called discernment. How are we discerning which way we will go? Not just literally, but with any sort of path that we can take in life. We want to live with wisdom and not recklessness. We want to use the mind that God gave us to be more thoughtful, particularly when it comes to the ways of God and our faith. So this Proverbs text encourages us to use our minds when it comes to the thing of God. We actually can come to a better understanding of God, even though there are many things we will not understand because God is so much bigger than we are. 
we can use our minds and we can grow. We can grow in our experience of his love and our knowledge of his truth and who God has created us to be. It also tells us to guard our hearts because everything else, our whole lives, our actions, our beliefs, flow out of our hearts. They flow from the hearts. Other translations say, guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. Whatever life we are going to live is going to flow up and out of the condition and the posture of our hearts. And that is affected by our thoughts. So there's this clear correlation in this passage. If we want our hearts to be guarded, then we're going to use our minds. We're going to engage with our thought life. And our other scriptures in the New Testament today speak to that well. So I'm going to turn to the Romans text. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I love this passage, and the main reason that I love it is this. If the Bible encourages us to do something, that means it's possible for us to do it. How many Bible verses do you know that says, save yourself from your sin? They don't exist because we can't do it, so the Bible isn't encouraging us to do that. It's through Jesus Christ that we are saved by grace through faith. But when it comes to renewing our minds, having our minds renewed and transformed, it's encouraged here because it is actually possible. And maybe that's the piece that you need to take away this morning. If that's where you're at, struggling with your minds and your thoughts and depression or whatever it is that we tend to get caught up in our minds, maybe that's what you need to take away. It can be renewed and transformed through the power of God. So in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, Romans tells us, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, our bodies, our spirits, our whole selves when made alive in Christ, are essentially to be turned over then to God's purposes for us. This is called true and proper worship. So if there's only parts of our lives that we're willing to give to God, then our true and proper worship is not true and proper worship. We want to give our whole selves over to the Lord because God has given us everything. From the breath of life, from creation, from the ability to know him, through Jesus Christ's death on the cross and resurrection. This is a true and proper worship. So I would encourage you, don't hold back parts of your lives from God. Offer your whole lives, even the parts that you think are not worthy, and let God bring life to those as well. Now verse 2, Romans 12 here says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, which includes patterns of belief, societal structures, actions, Thoughts, that's a very vast category here, right? Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does it mean to have your mind renewed? This is a huge piece of our scripture today. This is the work of God bringing about sanctification or becoming holy like Christ. Sanctification. This is the work of God bringing newness to our minds. This is God doing away with old things that hinder us and bringing in the truth that will last forever. When we live in our sin, 
uh, which all of us are guilty of, all of us have experienced sin, all of us being human cannot escape that reality. There are pieces and there are patterns of our whole selves that actually need redemption. They need to be changed, they need to be renewed, and again, as the scriptures teach us, we can't save ourselves from those things. In our minds, we have ways of thinking, we have false ideas, we have sinful patterns that need to experience God's love and God's grace. So when God is allowed to do this work in us, when we yield to the work of the Holy Spirit, when God is allowed to do this work as we offer our lives to the one who gave his life for us, we actually can be renewed and changed. It doesn't change necessarily who we are. It doesn't necessarily change where we've been. But it changes everything about us now and moving forward. And it changes that trajectory that we're talking about in our lives. Now, talking about the patterns of this world, I feel like I should note here that in our culture, we kind of do the opposite. We try to conform everything. We're tempted to try to conform everything to our minds, right? We had a little chat and confirmation this morning about um, things that are idols. And somebody said, well, everything you see on the internet is an idol. I'm like, yes, you're correct, son. And... um, we, we follow the news outlets, we follow the people, we follow the websites that most align with what we already think. That's our human tendency, right? It's called confirmation bias. We look for the things that tell us we're right because we don't want to be proven wrong. And we want others to actually see our point of view and conform to our point of view. So that way there's no more conflict. Everyone's just like us. That's what we want people to do. Uh, we're tempted to avoid conflict or challenges simply because we know that someone else might think differently And we take on this live and let live sort of mentality when it comes to any sort of issues in our culture, even if someone else's life is actually death and destructive, even if ours choices and our beliefs are actually death and destructive. And now we've even gone to the extent of promoting like permanent, painful, untested procedures on our bodies to conform our bodies to the thoughts of our minds. Like we want to be Lord of everything, right? We want everything to conform to what we feel and think up here. And everything is customizable, right down to the computer or the phone that you buy, right down to your body. With the right amount of money, you can customize your body to be pretty much whatever you think it should be. Except taxes. Taxes aren't customizable. Um, I've tried to customize them to fit something that I like, and it's just not working. So um, as far as the government goes, nothing is customizable, right? But our culture wants everything. We want to be lords of our lives. We want to be the Lord. And I point all this out because the Bible doesn't say anything about us battling to conform everyone else to our own ideas. But it does talk about conforming our minds to God's truth and God's reality. And oftentimes it's our minds that need to do the changing and renewing and not us trying to fight to get other things to conform to us. The Bible speaks a lot about us changing into the likeness of Christ. And our minds experience change and transformation in Christ, regardless of what's going on around us. And so if we don't want to conform to the patterns of this world, we need to reject the idea that we should somehow conform the world to the patterns of us. And we need to seek Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And as our mind then is renewed, as we experience this transformation through the work of God, 
Then we'll be able to, it says, test and approve what God's will is. In other words, this is like our Proverbs text. This is discernment. As our minds become more like the truth of God and less like the world around us, we will be able to tell what is good and pleasing to God and what sets itself up against God's truth and God's will in our lives and in this world. So in, in summary, this Romans passage in just a couple verses here tells us and encourages us that our minds can actually change and be transformed. This is one of those ways that we experience the mercy and the grace of God. But the world wants us to conform, so it's not an easy task knowing that we can submit our minds to Christ. When we find in Jesus Christ that our minds can actually change, they can take on new outlooks. We can experience the love and the promises of God in a new way, in a way that we, I would say, feel rather than just know, in a way that we can experience rather than just know about somebody else experiencing, and in ways that make our minds more like Christ, built on a foundation of truth and able to discern then in a holy way how we should think, how we should act, and how we should move. And so let's look at our Second Corinthians text then. Chapter 10, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 5 from that passage. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not with the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have a divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what does this passage tell us about our minds and our thoughts? First, verse 3 says that our war is not like the world's war. If you want to engage the world on the world's terms, you will try to get the world to conform to you, right? Because that's what most people in our world are trying to do, or, or at least to conform to their, their tribe or their groups, their, their family's ideology, whatever that looks like. This is a big place where our minds come into play, and our natural tendency when we talk about battles, is to fight the way that we've been attacked, right? Our natural tendency is to retaliate in the way that we were hurt or attacked against. So if somebody says cruel things to you, what's the first thing that goes through your mind? Cruel things about them, right? Whether you speak them or not is a different thing, but oftentimes that's where we go. Or if somebody, uh, if somebody cuts you off in traffic... What do you want to do? Oh man, you'd really like to honk on the horn or go cut them off in traffic and show them who's boss, right? Like, however we've been hurt or offended typically is the way that we want to try to retaliate and war against people or ideas or thoughts. And that's what it looks like to fight the way the world tells us to fight. And it's really easy for our thinking to slip into that pattern. Really, really easy. But it's not the war for someone in Christ Jesus to fight. More so, verse 3 says that the weapons we have are actually not the weapons of the world. Rather, they are divine, and they are weapons that can demolish strongholds. What does that mean? Now, strongholds can be a lot of different things. We can be talking about patterns and, and thoughts. So, like, negative thoughts in your, in your mind can be a stronghold that needs to be demolished. Uh, there's sinful strongholds or addictions. There's things like that in our lives that need to be demolished or other sins. There's deceptive arguments that we've come to believe or accept as truth 
that actually contradict God and his truth that we need to have demolished. And every, even the arguments that we have in our own minds, like there's a lot of things that go on in our own minds that nobody around us even knows we're having this battle over. And the scriptures tell us there's a weapon, a spiritual weapon, that can demolish those. What is that? You know, Ephesians talks about the armor of God, right? We've had series on that when we've been here. And there's only one offensive weapon in the armor of God, and that is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If you want to be fluent and active in this weapon that can demolish the strongholds in your own life, in the world around you, might I suggest that you get to know God's Word and the Word of God. Only there does it, do we find the authority, only there do we find the tool that we need to demolish strongholds in our lives. Do we find the truth that can actually defeat and combat the lies that we hear, that we believe, that we see? And then verse 5 tells us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Because Jesus is powerful enough to redeem any thought. And that's another place, I think, where we struggle. We think we have thoughts that are beyond God's help. And we think we have sins and hurts and a past that's beyond God's help. But that's not what the scriptures tell us. Again, would it be encouraging us to do this if it weren't possible to do? I don't think it would be. Jesus is powerful enough to redeem every thought. And I would argue a thought is not worth having or hanging on to if it isn't honoring or glorifying to God. So we take it captive and we submit it to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And a thought is not worth keeping around if it's a lie or if it's false, or if it's sinful, or if it's deceiving us from the abundant life that we actually get to live in Christ Jesus. And so we take every, cap thought, every thought captive through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we submit it to the King Jesus. Now, this is a process, and it takes a lifetime, and none of us are going to arrive on this side of eternity. But because we're encouraged to grow in this area, I believe we can grow. We can and as we come to know Jesus more, and as we come to know the truth of the word and the scriptures more, we'll find that we actually can begin or continue to experience the transformation of the mind and the renewal of the mind. We can find relief and mercy and release from some of those things that really catch us up and bind us when we talk about our thoughts and our hearts and our posture towards God. And when we further our foundation on Jesus Christ alone, we'll find a freedom in our minds, a freedom that can be gained no other way than through the work of the Holy Spirit. So what conclusions can we draw today? This topic today, I think, is it's really, really important. And I speak out of experience, and I speak out of being somebody who knows that there are things that need to be taken captive and submitted to Jesus Christ right up here. Um, being called as a pastor does not make me perfect. Sorry if you thought that it did. But we're all in the same boat. Like We all have parts of our lives that need renewal and transformation. And I think this is a topic today that the Holy Spirit wants us to engage with, and we don't have to wait till we go home. We don't have to wait. We can engage with it right now. Our current world, our culture, our society works against this, and it's so easy to numb our minds and to not think about these things that need to be taken captive 
And we maybe don't even notice when our minds stray from what God has for us into other areas. So my plea for today is simply this, before we pray, it's let's wake up our minds to recognizing the gift that God has given us to think, to grow, to learn, to experience healing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's wake up to the truth that in Christ, we actually don't have to settle for our minds as they are today. We don't have to settle. But we look forward to and we partner in with what God is doing in our minds for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And then let's wake up to the plea from 2 Corinthians that we are to take every thought captive and to submit those thoughts to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We're, we're going to experience not shame and condemnation, but healing, grace, and abundant life. So let's pray about this. Let's take these things to the Lord now. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Lord, we confess to you that our minds need your help. And there might be areas in our lives and in our minds where we think we're pretty self-sufficient. We think we've got it all figured out. There might be lies that we have heard about us, about this world, that we have accepted as truth. And we might not even know, God, that we have done that. So we pray this morning, God, that your grace and your mercy would transform our minds. Lord, would you help us to take steps forward to live out what it means to take every thought captive. Lord, may we take the thoughts that we know aren't of you, and may we just give them back to you and let you redeem them. Lord, may we find that you will show us thoughts that we think are of you that aren't, so that we can discern the way of God, so that we can discern the path to take in our lives. And Lord, for even those good thoughts that we have that are of you. May we also take them captive and let you grow those thoughts and those truths and those wisdoms in our mind. And today for anybody, Lord, here that feels stuck, that feels like our minds are just stuck, Lord, I pray um, for your Holy Spirit to do some work. For people feeling stuck to experience hope, Maybe even just a step forward out of the stuckness, Lord. Lord, would you show us your goodness and show us your love no matter where we're at and work through your Holy Spirit to renew our minds today. And may that continue into our songs and in our worship, in our prayers and through the rest of our day and weeks to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.